0: Hi, this is Lekka I'm Lucy Dearlove. Something that really struck me about pretty much all the previous episodes of Lekka is that uh, I dealt a lot with food as a source of comfort. And it is, of course, for so many people. But it can also be a source of great discomfort. And more than that, a source of agony, a source of terror. And those stories need to be told too. A few weeks ago, I met Francesca Baker. Francesca's a writer and... A couple of years ago, curated a recipe book called Eating and Living, Recipes for Recovery. We met in what turned out to be quite a busy and noisy cafe in central London. And she told me all about, all about how the book came about. And just a flag before we start, this episode contains discussion of food, difficulties around food, eating disorder and eating disorder recovery. If the thought of any of that makes you uncomfortable and you'd maybe like to see what's in the episode before you listen to it, transcript of everything that francesca says and that's up at com or in the description of the podcast wherever you're listening to it
1: it's 500 grams macaroni two teaspoons of salt two teaspoons of olive oil a large tomato, a teaspoon of butter, a tin of tomato and onion mix, or fresh tomatoes and onion, basil leaves, a pinch of salt, two teaspoons of tomato sauce, a teaspoon of sugar, 500 hundred millilitres of milk, two eggs, a teaspoon of mustard, a teaspoon of vinegar, a packet of cheddar cheese, and a teaspoon of black pepper. So I was in an inpatient um, setting for quite a while, and then later on, as you progress through, you you start to cook meals for yourself. And like so once a week you get taken out to a supermarket, which in itself can be a whole trauma. Like, you know, because I've meltdowns in the, of the supermarket. Because again, what would you choose? There's 20 different tins of tuna here. What's the one for me? We'd kind of be looking through recipe books and it's like, God, we must know so many recipes here. Do you think that? A recipe book for eating disorder recovery is, you know, barmy because it's food, but it's people who don't like food sometimes or who have difficulties with food. And lots of people got in touch and were like, yes, thank you. This is kind of something that's really necessary. Everyone thinks people with eating disorders don't like food, but it's not true. We're just obsessed with that, especially when your brain's starved. Like, you, you know, all you can think about is food. It's kind of the basic primal instinct, like, where is this meal? So the whole book is kind of crowdsourced um, in that after the, the idea developed, I put out a few kind of tweets and bits and pieces saying, I'm thinking of doing this. Not all the stories or recipes are from people with eating disorders, but some of them are just family recipes. And it's that, you know, because you do miss out on so much. And I know that I personally have the foods that I might find fine eating on my own. I find, I find it really challenging or certainly have done in the past eating with other people um, so that communal aspect you know if you think about just you know, going out for dinner with your friends or stopping for coffee and cake with your friends and, you know even sitting down to having breakfast with your mum rather than on your own just being able to engage in that is something that really gets lost and I think especially for people who've had eating disorders for a long time you might find yourself cutting off from friends and like work colleagues and things which makes it even harder to then sort of motivate yourself to get back into it preheat the oven to 180 degrees fry a tomato in butter and when soft add more tomato and onion and cook slowly for a few minutes sprinkle with the basil salt tomato sauce and sugar my sister's quite a bit younger than me she's 11 years younger and perhaps when i was 18 or 19 and kind of first like foray into dieting so, I was making her lunch and I was like, Oh, which bread do you want? Do you want this bread or this bread? Um, and she climbed up on the worktop and started reading the back of the packet because she'd obviously seen me doing that, you know, checking the calories and stuff. And she was like, Oh, what are these cook all things? So, you know, kilocalories. And I was like, Oh, they're like a measure of energy. Um, and she was like, Okay, then I want that one. And she picked the highest one. So I was like, Oh, okay, why is that? And she was like, Because I've got loads to do today and I want energy. And I was like, yes, that's what it is. Um, yeah, it's kind of literally out of the mouth babes, but I often think back to that when I'm like, oh, what should I do? And I'm like, well, you know what? I, I need to fuel my body and my brain, so I'm going to go for the thing that, yeah, that will do that. One of the girls who are, she's not in the book, but I've spoken with her recently, um, and we were talking about kind of holistic health care for recovery, so it's not just the medical, but kind of the wider thing. And she was saying how she couldn't... When people were saying to her, like, you should eat this bit of cake, that was really difficult to just go, well, like, why, why should I eat that? But then it was like, you should eat this bit of cake because then you can go out with your mum and have coffee and cake in the afternoon. It was like, yes, okay, that, that means something and putting it into those wider goals. So, you know, a calorie isn't just a calorie, it's something that lets you fuel your life. A piece of cake isn't just a piece of cake, it's something that lets you engage with people and connect, um, yeah, that kind of broader spectrum of things. And I think sometimes we've, again, it's a bit polar. Like, have we fixated so much on food that we think it's detached from the rest of our lives? Or have we fixated so much on it that we therefore judge ourselves so much for it? And it's like, you're a bad person because you don't follow deliciously Ella's recipes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> then she's now said that. Oh no, I never said anything about wellness. It's like, hang on. No, no, it's not yeah, proper. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cook the macaroni at the same time for around ten minutes in boiling water with the salt and olive oil. Drain it off. Mix five hundred millilitres of milk with two beaten eggs and one teaspoon of mustard powder with the little vinegar. There's a couple of book recipes in here from people I was in the ward with. Um, for example just like porridge and banana someone's like no eating disorder is worth missing out on this for you know watery porridge is crap you need to have milk with it yeah. um, and sweet potato and peanut butter I remember seeing that yeah I like I'm going to have to try that it's amazing again you know, I was like what the hell you know if you're struggling to eat quantities of food it's quite a dense way of getting in your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats, and it actually tastes amazing. Especially with a spoonful of Marmite, like the oh, sweet and salty wow. works really well. Um, yeah, okay, definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah, let me know what you think. And yeah, it's amazing, it's such a, I guess, you know, a staple thing as well, because everyone is busy and rushing around, you know, if you come out of hospital, you, you know, everyone has lives and sometimes you get back and you're like, I cannot be bothered to cook now. So that's when beans on toast or chopping a sweet potato in the microwave and you know, a jar of peanut butter that never goes off like you're just done. You, know, you don't have to think about it. So I think you're having that kind of reference sometimes and it all feels overwhelming and I don't know what to cook and Nigella's saying I should do this and Jamie's saying I should do this and like, actually, you know what? Cheese on toast or sweet potato, done. Butter a big deepish pie dish. Put layer of macaroni, then tomato and onion mix, and grated strong cheddar cheese. Sprinkle the black pepper, and another layer of macaroni, more cheese. Sprinkle again with pepper. Pour the milk mixed over, and put your dabs of butter on top. Bake it approximately an hour for one hundred and eighty degrees, uncovered. In the one hand, you've got you know, like yeah, all these TV shows, and everyone's like, "I love food, I love food." And then on the other hand, it's all about, well, you should be depriving yourself. And especially, you know, where, you know the time of year we're recording this, like January and things. It's so like, you should be going on a diet, you should be doing this. Um, which comes
0: immediately after. Treat yourself, it's Christmas. Yeah,
1: exactly. And even at the same time, you know, the, I always think how all the, um, you know, the, the be healthy, be good for yourself ranges and things. Like, be good to yourself equals eat low calorie. And actually... You know, for someone with an eating disorder being good to yourself involves eating cheese and chocolate and high calorie and looking after your body so I think there's just so many different ways of thinking about it, it can be overwhelming for anyone let alone if you don't have one of these issues um, so really it's about life with everything coming back to yourself and like what works for me, what matters to me what do I want to get out of my life and how do I, how do I best fuel my body to do that and thinking about eating yes as pleasure but also about this is like fuel and energy and almost coming right back to that basics of the science of it It can be hard to kind of go oh you know I used to like this and now I'm never going to be able to have it again but actually kind of slowly you can and you can reintroduce these fear foods or your forbidden foods um and grow to love them and not they're not just you know a challenge you do once they become a staple in your kind of everyday. you know there's a few recipes in here that there's stories like that, it's like, I used to love this, and then it slipped away for me, and now I've managed to kind of get it back into my life, and I think that's just a really inspiring thing. So, so there's a lovely lady called Tabitha Farrar who does loads of work with adults with eating disorders, because there's a big kind of, you know, push to, to, for early intervention, which is absolutely crucial, but also does mean that sometimes adults get kind of left behind, um, especially for an adult who perhaps has a you know a job and a family and stuff, you see, well you're fine, you know, you're functioning. So she actually she mum, she's like cheese and toast and she's like, I know no I really need a recipe here, but basically, you know, it was her favourite snack as a kid. Um, but when she was suffering she couldn't eat cheese or bread, so cheese and toast was nothing. And then she went through the phase of like, oh gluten's not trendy and now like cheese isn't cool, and now I'm paleo and now I'm vegan. Um, But then she slowly started to realise that following any type of diet was unhealthy and that the foods that she feared the most were those that would heal her, essentially, both kind of physically and in her mind. Um, So she saw being able to eat cheese on toast as actually defying anorexia, like a bit of a fuck you, kind of like, I can do this regardless. Um, And she says that now there's no guilt, only happiness when I eat this, and that's why it nurtures me. And I think that idea of kind of nurturing and nourishment is something that can, not just for people with eating disorders, but anyone can get a bit lost with food. There's so many kind of, should be eating this, or you should be doing that, or you're so in a rush, you don't even notice what you're eating. And just kind of remembering why you love it and why it nourishes you physically, you know, all those different aspects of a balanced diet that are needed, but also the, the niceness of gooey cheese on toast. And yeah, it's lovely. I remember the first time I had it after I'd you know, for a long, long time, probably another kind of decade, like Tabitha. And I was like, oh my gosh, why have I been missing out on this? And I didn't actually have my first cheese and pickle sandwich till I was in my early 20s. And I was just like, why did no one tell me how amazing this is? It tastes so good. Um, Yeah, so I just think it's, I mean, it's such a simple thing. Anyone can make cheese and toast. But I guess that's where the recipe book is a bit unique, is that you don't really need it to to cook the recipe but it's a really nice i guess an element of reassurance comes with it Um, and that's certainly lots of feedback i've got as well in that it's really nice to know yeah okay this is what whilst i deep down know what i should be eating it's nice to be able to pick at something and say okay this is actually how it steps out these are why it's good for me it's got my protein it's got my carbs in and look, someone else has done it and got through it and it's healthy and happy, so it's not going to do anything adverse.
0: Thank you so much to Francesca for talking to me. This episode was originally meant to go out to coincide with National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, which comes uh, at the end of February, beginning of March every year, but unfortunately life got in the way, so apologies for that. Uh, The book that Francesca's put together is an amazing project. Um, The recipe you heard her reading throughout the piece is taken from it and it's called Shiny Raviv's Macaroni Cheese. Uh, And if you'd like to make it or any of the other recipes in the book, then you can head to the website, which is eatingliveringrecovery.wordpress.com to buy a copy. All the money from the sales of it go to BEAT, the National Eating Disorder Charity, so you would be supporting them. And you can find more information about them at b-eat.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Lecker Podcast. And I'll be back with a brand new episode next month.